Welcome to Working the Word with Jonathan Vorse. Join us now for service already in progress at Lakewood Church of God. I want you to get your Bible, and I want you to turn to the book of Acts chapter 3 and verse number 19. Acts chapter 3 and verse number 19, and this is uh, where we're going to start here tonight. Acts chapter 3 and verse number 19. I'm going to talk to you tonight about times of refreshing in the presence of the Lord. Times of refreshing in the presence of the Lord. Acts chapter 3 and verse number 19 says this, Repent ye therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. Now, In this particular passage of Scripture, this is actually the Apostle Paul's, or actually the Apostle Peter's, second sermon that he preached since the resurrection of Jesus, and actually since the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The first one was, These men are not drunk as ye suppose, seeing it's but the third hour of the day, but this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel in the last days. I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and daughters will prophesy, and your old men will dream dreams, and... Your young men will see visions and all my service and handmaidens. In those days will I pour out of my spirit and they shall prophesy outside. And we find that in Acts chapter 2 where he, where he was preaching that on Solomon's porch. Then this particular passage of scripture is where he was preaching uh, right after, right after uh, the, the first apostolic miracle had taken place when the lame man had literally been healed at the gate called Beautiful. And so, obviously, there was a lot of things that was happening during this time. And so the Apostle Peter was trying to explain to the world of his day what the move of the Spirit was when the world had never experienced anything like that. It's kind of like people that come into a Spirit-filled church and they experience the move of God and they've never been in a Spirit-filled church in their entire life and they leave and their head's spinning and they're saying, my goodness, what in the world was that? But there's something about it that draws them back again because they realize that this is not something that was conjured up by man. It wasn't something that people are just trying to do responding because of a stirring of emotion. But there was, there's actually something that's pulling them back. And what it is, is the Bible says that the creation groans for their creator. So your spirit connected to the move of the Spirit of God and that drew you. That drew you, okay? And so this is what the Apostle Peter was having to deal with. He was with a whole bunch of people, a bunch of Pharisees, a bunch of Sadducees, a bunch of Romans, a bunch of Greeks, a bunch of Stoics, all of these kinds of people. And some of them were steeped in Mosaic law. Some of them were, were steeped in paganism and things like that. And all of a sudden, here Jesus is crucified. He raises from the dead. And, and 40 days later, 50 days later, he, the, the Holy Spirit comes on the day of Pentecost and people are hearing people speak in other tongues and they're saying, what in the world is this? Have they gone mad? And he says, no, these men aren't drunk like you think they are, seeing it's but the third hour of the day, but this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And so all of that had stirred things up. And now all of a sudden to add to all of that, there's a lame man that everybody had known that was lame from his birth. 
I mean, 40-some years old, had been lame from birth, and now he's jumping up and leaping and praising the Lord and running through the neighborhood saying, look what Jesus did, look what Jesus did. And they're scratching their heads saying, didn't they crucify him? Do you understand what I'm saying? You've got to get the picture of what's going on. But, oh yeah, they crucified him, but somebody said that he rose from the dead. Wait a minute, the same people that was speaking in tongues and that same preacher that was preaching about this is the move of God that the prophet Joel talked about now is saying that, that I can repent and be baptized and that I can experience a time of refreshing in the presence of the Lord and that my sins will be blotted out and all of this. And so this was all new to these people. So he was trying to explain to them what was happening. And I think he finally just came to the place where he realized, you know what, I can explain until I'm blue in the face. They need to experience what I'm talking about. They need to experience it. And so he started talking about times of refreshing in the presence of the Lord. So I want to talk to you tonight for just a few moments uh, about uh, three different things that has to do with the, the presence of the Lord. And three different things that has to do with the baptism of the Holy Spirit because this is really what he was dealing with was the baptism with the Holy Spirit. First thing I want to talk to you about is the baptism with the Holy Spirit is an experience that comes from God. It's not man-made experience. It's not man-made emotionalism. It's an experience that comes from the Lord. And by that I mean this. The baptism of Holy Spirit does not have its origin in the will or the mind of man. It's a gift from God. It comes from the Lord. It's not something that happens to us. It's something that happens in us. I'm going to say that again. It's not something that happens to us. It's something that happens in us. And so what happens is we give our life to the Lord Jesus Christ and, and that's wonderful and that's great and we know that we're going to go to heaven and because we've asked the Lord to forgive us of our sins and He's forgiven of our, of us, our sins and removed our sin as far as the east is from the west, remembers it against us no more. And a lot of people just stop right there. But let me tell you something. When you give your life to Christ then that authorizes you to take the next step, which is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now the word baptism comes from the Greek word baptizo, which means to soak within and without. It's different than just dunking in water. I can submerge you in water, and we call that one form of baptism. But this baptism, the baptism of the Holy Spirit from the Greek word baptismo, carries with it the connotation or the idea that you are soaked within and without. It's as if you took a sponge, put it down in a five-gallon bucket of water, squeezed the sponge under the water, and it soaked all the water up inside of that sponge. And so it was wet inside of the sponge, wet outside of the sponge, and wet throughout the sponge. That's what being baptized with Holy Spirit means because it comes from the Greek word baptismo. You say, well, how can you say the Greek word baptismo? Because the Old Testament was written in Hebrew and the New Testament was written and translated from Greek. It was translated into Latin and then it was translated into English. So when we talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, here's what we're talking about. We're talking about being soaked with God's presence inside and outside, being soaked with God's presence. Now, in order for that to happen, the atmosphere has to be set. And that's why we worship. 
That's why we have worship songs. That's why we have praise songs. That's why we do these things because we're setting the atmosphere for a visitation from heaven where the Spirit of God can soak the atmosphere and as we worship, we're opening up our spirit to allow God to move not just on us but in us and through us. And when God moves inside of us, He starts fixing things. He starts fixing things. So, uh, so it's an experience from God. And the Bible calls it the times of refreshing from the presence of the Lord. This literally could have as easily been translated from the face of the Lord. From the face of the Lord. One version translates this text directly from the Lord Himself. And Acts chapter 2 verse 3 says, Suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. When this happens, it happens suddenly. And so it's the promise of the Father. Now, the baptism with the Holy Spirit is a life-changing encounter with God. Now, I want to say this because I don't want you to, to get confused about what I'm talking about here. When I talk about the move of the Holy Spirit moving upon us, now some people, Pentecostal churches and whatnot, and, and some people call us a Pentecostal church, and I would say we're a Spirit-filled church. But some people, when you talk about Pentecostal churches, they think that being baptized with the Holy Spirit means that you're going to scream and holler and buck and grunt and shout and all of these kinds of things. And some people respond to the move of God in that way. I don't stop it when people re- unless it's very disruptive. In other words, we need to ask ourselves the question, is my shout attracting more attention to me than to God? And if it is, we need to reexamine our response to the move of God on our life in that moment. Okay, But I don't really uh, stop too many people like when they become overcome with emotion, when God touches them, and because I don't know where they've been. I don't know what they've been through. That might be how God wired them. That might be how God made them. Me personally, you're not going to see me running circles around the church. But you'll probably see me cry a time or two. And you'll see me say, whoo, praise God. You know, every night, that's how God moves on me. My mother, she's like, whoo, you know. You know? And, and then there's other people that they just have a different response. The point that I'm trying to make is when the Holy Spirit begins to move on you and in you, then it creates a life-changing encounter with God inside of you and the reaction, sometimes emotional, spiritual reaction that you have or the person beside you has might be totally different than what you have and because it's totally different than what you are used to or what you have ever personally experienced doesn't make it wrong. It doesn't make it wrong. They're coming from a different place. They've walked a different walk. They've walked down a different road. They've experienced different things in their life and their reaction to the move of God upon them is going to be different than the reaction of the move of God upon you. So basically, I guess what I would say is don't find fault with them and they won't find fault with you. Just go ahead and worship the Lord. If God wants to put a woo through somebody beside you, don't let it scare the you know, tarnation out of you. Just go ahead and say, well, bless them, Lord. Go ahead, do that again. Put another woo through them. I don't care. Praise the Lord. Who knows? The Lord might put a woo through you sometime. Who knows? But in order for us to receive the Holy Spirit, we need to have a clear understanding of who Holy Spirit is. Holy Spirit is, in fact, God. He's, in fact, God. He's part of the triune Godhead, and He's in fact God. Therefore, He carries with Himself the divine attributes of the Godhead, which means, and this is just a few but of, uh, of many things, but He's holy and He's righteous 
and he's omnipotent, which means he's all-powerful, and he's omnipresent, which means he's everywhere present at all times. He's love. He's eternal. That's who Holy Spirit is. So the second thing that I want to mention to you is this. Baptism with the Holy Spirit, when we are baptized or submerged with the Holy Spirit, is not a dry, unemotional experience. The Bible calls it a time of refreshing. A time of refreshing. I've literally been around people before when they receive a drink of water, they'll just go, oh, especially on a hot day, right? Well, that's kind of what happens when the Holy Spirit comes into your dry, parched spirit. Your spirit says, oh, because it receives that refreshing from the Lord. So it's a time of refreshing. Now, one translator translated this times of refreshing. William's translation translated it as a time of revival. Another translation calls it a time when your soul will see, receive strength, which means your mind and your will and your emotions. And so it talks about that. So to be filled with the, with the Holy Spirit is to be filled with the very presence of God. To be baptized with the Holy Spirit is to be baptized with the very presence of God which gives you access to the power of God. Okay? When you receive the baptism with the Holy Spirit, that's the beginning of your Spirit-led life. You give your life to Jesus, okay? And when you give your life to Jesus, the Bible said God has given unto every man a measure of the Spirit. So you do receive a measure of the Spirit of God the time that you give your life to Christ. But we're talking about a separate experience, which is baptism with the Holy Spirit, which gives you access to Holy Spirit without measure. Without measure. So the difference is being given your life to Christ, every man's, uh, everyone that comes to the Lord comes because the Spirit of God draws them. You receive uh, a, a portion of the Spirit, and that portion is related to the draw of God upon you. But when you become baptized with the Holy Spirit, you have access to the presence of God and to the power of God. You have unfettered access to Him. So, so being baptized with the Holy Spirit means that I'm filled with the very presence of God and I'm filled with the very power of God. Uh, it means that I'm in, immersed in the love of God. It means that I'm immersed in the holiness of God. So if Holy Spirit is holy, if He's righteous, if He's love, if He's omnipotent, if He's omnipresent, if He's eternal, if He's all of these things, and I become submerged with Him within and without, then I become immersed in all of those things. I get, become immersed in the holiness of God. That's how come I was, I can say that I was made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus because of the presence of God upon my life. We, we are immersed in the love of God. We are immersed in His grace and in His power. So when we receive the Holy Spirit, not only do we receive the presence of God upon us, but we receive the presence of God in us, which gives us access to the power of God, and that prepares us to become the channel that God uses to pour His power and His love through to others. See, God wants to move on the earth. It's very important for us to understand this. God wants to move on the earth, but He needs us to do it. He needs us to do it. If God's going to love somebody, He's going to love them through you. If God's going to minister to somebody, He's going to minister to them through you. That's why it's important for us to pay attention to what God's trying to do in our lives because there might be somebody who's, 
whose path you cross tomorrow. And God may want to pour something through you into them, and they don't even know that's what's happening, but you might just give them like a little word of wisdom or something like that, or they may go by. You may give them a word of encouragement, and you, and all of a sudden you realize, wait a minute, that, that little word of encouragement that I gave them seemed like I had a little extra punch to it, and, and, and it caused them to perk up just a little bit. Well, what, what, that wasn't you. That was the Holy Spirit. That was the Holy Spirit flowing through you from the throne of God, flowing through you, speaking into their lives. That's why it's important for us to allow God to make us the channel of His presence and the channel of His power because there's people that need us to be in contact with God. There's people that need, not just the preacher, you're the body of Christ. We're all the body of Christ. We are what God uses to love this world back to Him. We're His body. Okay. Now, being filled with the Holy Spirit um, will bring us into a more intimate relationship with the Lord. I've got scriptures for all of these kinds of things, but I'm trying to get done in about 20 minutes here because I want us to get into some worship and just experience the refreshing of His presence. Being filled with the Holy Spirit will bring us into a more intimate relationship with God. That means that you'll get to know God more than you've ever known Him before. In Romans chapter 5 and verse number 5, Hope maketh not ashamed because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts. How? By the Holy Ghost which is given unto us. The Holy Spirit is the curator of God's hope. There's different symbols of the Spirit which can in, in the Scriptures, and I'll just run through about four of them, which can help us better understand the function and the work of Holy Spirit. In John chapter 4 and verse number 13, he refreshes, he speaks of the Holy Spirit as one who refreshes and quenches one's spiritual thirst like a cool drink of water. So he refreshes and revives our souls, which is the seat of our mind and our will and and our emotions. And then in Zechariah chapter 10 and verse number 1, he comes into our lives like a refreshing rain from heaven. The Holy Spirit does that. comes into our life like a refreshing rain from heaven. Showers of rain to everyone that's grass in the field. And ask ye of the Lord, rain in the time of the latter rain, so the Lord will make bright clouds and give them showers of rain to everyone grass in the field. That's speaking of the Spirit. Number three, He flows through our being like a life-giving river. And that's in John chapter 7 and verse number 37 and Ezekiel chapter 47 verses 1 through 12. You can read that later. But He's like a life-giving river. He flows through us to impact the lives that are around us. And the fourth thing, uh, fourth symbol of the Spirit is He blows into our tired lives like a cool breeze on a torrid day. John chapter 3 and verse number 8 bears this out. The third thing that I want to share with you uh, tonight is that the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the times of refreshing that we're talking about here is not just a one-time experience. I mean, look at this passage of Scripture here, Acts chapter 2. Where, where the, or Acts chapter 3, where the Bible said times of refreshing. The word times is plural. So it talks about different times. There's different times. Listen, once we become, once we receive the baptism of Holy Spirit or we experience baptism of the Holy Spirit, then what happens is our spirit becomes more trained to be open to the move of God. And there are times when the Spirit of God will come into us and flow into us and try to flow through us 
And the more that happens, the more familiar we become with God's process for us and it becomes easier and easier and easier as the years go by. So we get to the point where we realize, hey, wait a minute, now God's trying to move upon me. And so because we're familiar with that, we open ourselves up to it. And so the Bible says that there are times of refreshing in the presence of the Lord. Some of us call it a, a, a filling and then a refilling and then a refilling. Sometimes you'll hear a minister. Sometimes I'll even say, how many could stand to experience a refilling of the Holy Spirit here today? How many's ever heard that? Some of you have heard it. Some of you, this is foreign talk to you. But that's why you're here because you're in a teaching church and you're able to learn about these things. The Lord loved you too much to leave you sitting on the sidelines and said, I want to bring you into the river. I want to bring you into the flow. I want you to experience what's going on. And so we talk about sometimes the refilling. Well, what that means is we're just ready to get in the presence of God in an atmosphere where there's worship and an atmosphere where there's praise. Praise is the outward expression of the inward work of God. Worship is the intimate worship of God. It's loving God from your heart. So praise can be radical. Praise can be exciting. People can jump. People can dance. People can get excited. Usually the music is real fast and all of that. And that's praise. That's that's like preparing the way for the king. That's praise. It's pompous. It's glorious. It's all of that getting ready for the splendor of heaven. That's what praise is. Worship is the shift that takes place when we shift into a slower song and the worship becomes more intimate and the love that's in us for God and God's love that's extended to us begins to cross-pollinate with one another and we experience the intimacy of the Spirit through worship. The Bible says we come into His presence with thanksgiving and into His courts with praise but you go into the holiest of holies through worship. You get into the throne room through worship. You can get in the courtyard with praise, but you get into the throne room of God with worship. So the mistake that some people make here, the mistake that some people make is that they think once they have received an initial encounter with the Holy Spirit, which we call the baptism of the Holy Spirit, They think that that's enough. I want to tell you something. No matter how powerful, how wonderful, how life-changing your first initial experience with the Holy Spirit may have been, one experience is never enough. It's never enough. It's never enough. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Once you experience Him in that way, then there's an appetite in your spirit for more of God. There's an appetite in your spirit for more of the move of God, for more of His presence in your heart and in your life. In the New Testament, we see some repeated feelings. The first example, I'll just give you two examples, but the first example is the Apostle Peter. He was filled and refilled. Acts chapter 2 and verse number 4, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Suddenly there comes a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind fills all the house where they were sitting. They were filled with the Holy Ghost, the Bible says, and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit of God gave them the utterance. Then you go back over to Acts chapter 4 and verse number 8, and you see where the Apostle Peter is involved in another filling of the Holy Spirit. Then you go to verse number 31 of the same chapter, and you see where he was involved again. So three different times there, just in the 
first four chapters of the book of Acts, you see the apostle Peter involved in three different occasions where there were outpourings of the Spirit of God, and you can't tell me that he wasn't part of those. And then we can go on over to uh, the, the, the Ephesians at the church of Ephesus. In Acts chapter 9 and verse 6, we see where there was an outpouring there. But then in Ephesians chapter 5 and verse number 18... Let's just slip over there real quick. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse number 18. The Bible says, And be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Now this was the Apostle Paul talking to the Christians at the church at Ephesus. And they were the, what we call the Ephesian Christians. And he was telling them to be filled with the Spirit. Now if you study that once again in the Greek, because it was written in the Greek, if you study that once again in the Greek, the translation, the literal translation is this, be being filled with the Spirit. So it speaks of a continuous action. So it should have been, be not drunk with wine where in is, ex- in is excess, but be being filled. So in other words, keep being filled with the Spirit. So allow, open your spirit up and just allow the Spirit of God to just keep flowing through you and just flowing through you and just flowing through you. Just flow, flow, flow through you. Do that. So, so that's what uh, we're talking about there. So in closing here today, because I want us to get into some worship here. In closing here today, um, uh, some of you may ask, well, you know, this, this is a little bit, uh, it's a little bit different. And I know because the Lord just brings people to us from so many different places and they learn these things. And they're like, wow, I've never seen that before. I didn't know that that was in the Bible. And, or maybe people have come and, and, and we've seen this throughout the years in our ministry where they've been taught all of their life that the Holy Spirit wasn't for today, that it was for some other time. When in reality, when you look at the Scripture, the book of Acts is the only book in the New Testament that doesn't have an ending, and the reason is because we're still living in those days. The Lord has not returned. He has not come back. And until He comes back, we're still living in the days of the book of the Acts of the Apostles. And Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he, he doesn't change and He hasn't changed. And, and, and the Holy Spirit that moved and the miracles that took place in the book of Acts are really just testimonies to get our faith up so we can see God move today. In the manifestation, the administration, the demonstrations of the Spirit of God, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 13, and 14. So our text answers the question. You say, how can I receive the Holy Spirit for today? Well, our text answers that question. It says, repent and return so that your sins may be wiped away in order that you will receive the times of refreshing which comes from the presence of the Lord. Now, I've got to share with you that repent means to turn and to have a change of mind and to turn and go in a different direction. Crying is remorse, and that happens sometimes when the revelation of sin comes upon us and we realize that we've been living in sin, and, and so that comes upon us. That, and so we experience that remorse, but the result of the conviction and the result of the remorse is that we make up our mind, I'm going to turn and do something totally different, and I'm not going to be walking this road anymore. And so we have at that point repented. So repentance speaks of a change of mind or a changed way of thinking or a turn literally into a different direction. So the text says this, repent and return. So in other words, 
Change your mind and return back to the Lord that your sins may be wiped away. And when you do that, then you are in a place where you can experience the times of refreshing that come from the presence of the Lord. So we return to the Lord. We repent of our sins. We ask Him to fill us with His Spirit. And we believe His promise. And in Luke chapter 11, last scripture. We'll get the musicians to come on up. And the singers, Luke chapter 11, verses 9 and 10. Here's what the Bible says. And I say unto you, ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be opened. Once again. This means to keep on asking. Keep on asking. Okay? I say unto you, if we keep on asking, it will be given to us. If we keep on seeking, we will find. If we keep on knocking, it will be opened unto us. For every one of us that keeps on asking, and keeps on seeking, and keeps on finding that door into God's presence and the Spirit-led life will be opened to us. And the acoustic guitar said, Amen. So the point that I'm trying to make is this. We have to keep on asking the Lord and keep on seeking the Lord for repeated fillings with the Holy Spirit. Listen, I received the baptism, what we call baptism with the Holy Spirit when I was 11 years old. It was a youth camp in Racine, Missouri. I tell the story like this. It was back in those days when we had the open air tabernacles. And... And so there was this open-air tabernacle, and you went down, and in, in the little valley down below, there was a little creek that ran through it. So the crickets were chirping, and the frogs were croaking. And I had the little old grannies around me and the grandpas around me just praying me what they used to call praying me through, where I received baptism with the Holy Spirit. And God opened up an entire world to me, even at 11 years old. God opened an entire world to me that day. That evening, actually, that night, God opened that world to me that changed the trajectory of my life for the rest of my life. I couldn't do what I do for the Lord today if it wasn't for Holy Spirit. There's no way. Some of the things that we do... Listen, I was thinking today. You know, we've, we've at times we felt like we've been in a war this summer. But then I began to think, Look at what has happened. Look what the Lord has done this summer. This has been one of the best summers this church has ever had. We've bought the property next door. We've renovated the parsonage. And on Monday, we bought the television equipment that we've been believing God for for 12 years. All in three months. All in three months. And the devil thought he was having a field day and the Lord said, I'll fix that. Hallelujah. How did you survive it? Just stayed in the presence of the Lord. You just stay in the presence of the Lord. Listen, when we get in the presence of the Lord, all of these challenges of our life, the Lord can just fix them. You know, He might not fix them like we want them to. Here's what I found out. The closer I get to Him, the more what He wants for me, I want. And sometimes what I thought I wanted 
wasn't what God wanted. And so I just choose to live in His presence. I just choose to love Him. I choose to let Him love me. Doesn't mean there's battle. No, there's, doesn't mean that I'm exempt from battles or troubles or trials or testings and war. Doesn't mean that. But what it does mean is that He can comfort me and He can strengthen me and He can help me when I get in His presence. Thank you for joining us on Working the Word. For more information, go to our website at www.suncoast4, and that's the number four, Jesus.tv. You may also write us at 12637 Pony Lane, Hudson, Florida, 34669. Or you may call us at 727-856-1770. Our office hours are Monday through Wednesday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m., Thursdays, 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. And remember, the Word will work if you work the Word.